Hey friends, hope your week is going well. We're excited to be walking through another book of the Bible this year. And uh, start the year, we are going to walk through the book of Acts. And the book of Acts follows the four Gospels. And a lot of places refer to the book of Acts as the Acts of the Apostles. Because it follows the apostles and the beginnings of the church right after Jesus um, has gone back to heaven. But maybe a better way to look at the book of Acts is not the acts of the apostles, but really the acts of God and how he begins the church and how he moves the apostles and really advances his kingdom through them. And not just them, but a host of different other people and characters that we're excited to take a look at. Luke is the writer of this book. He also wrote the book of Luke. And so, oddly enough, uh, Luke, who we don't know too much about, but we'll be exploring during this time, wrote like 25% of the New Testament. Uh, And it's important to um, get why he would do that. So there are a couple of important things. At the beginning, he tells us right in the beginning, if we looked at the Passion Translation, uh, to Theophilus, the lover of God, I write you again, my dear friend, to give you further details about the life of our Lord Jesus and all the things that he did and taught. Um, and he's just going to kind of continue this storyline. Um, but one of the things that's really interesting, he, Luke is very systematic. He wants to show us certain things. And so he says, just before he ascended into heaven, Jesus left instructions through the Holy Spirit for his apostles he had chosen. After the sufferings on the cross, he appeared them many times to the same apostles over 40 days, proving to them that uh, with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom. Jesus instructed them, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in the days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Continues a little bit. One of the key verses that uh, sets up the whole book uh, that Luke has written here for us is in uh, Acts 1.8. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant promises, even to the uh, the remotest places on earth. And when you look at the book of Acts, there's actually three sections to it. The beginning takes place in Jerusalem, then it kind of moves to Judea, and then it'll end with talking about the distant promises. So, like, this is kind of where we're heading. Yeah, and it's such an interesting time in the life of the disciples and really the life of the church, right at the beginning. At the end of Luke, Luke talks about the encounter that some of the disciples had on the road to Emmaus. And these two disciples were arguing, and Jesus shows up and kind of goes, Hey, what are you guys talking about? Why are you arguing? And in verse 19, it says, So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a powerful prophet in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him, but we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these happened. Moreover, some women from our group astounded us. They arrived early uh, at the tomb. And when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. Then Jesus explains through the Old Testament and the prophets all of these things about himself, all of these things about the Messiah. And then these disciples asked Jesus to have dinner with them. And it says their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but then he disappeared. And immediately these disciples 
ran to the 11 other disciples and they told him what happened and then Jesus shows up. And, and I was thinking about this, what a roller coaster that the disciples went through in that moment. They were arguing on the road. They thought Jesus was dead and then they recognize him and he shows up and how exciting that would be to have Jesus back with you. You would feel like, man, we can do anything. This is going to be amazing. Now that Jesus is back, the kingdom of God is going to be here. And that's kind of where the story picks up in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, where it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time? Like, Lord, are we going to do this thing? Like, are we going to take over? Are we going to bring the kingdom of God here now? Now that you're back, let's just, let's go. Let's do this. And in verse 7, he says, It is not for you to know. Times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus leaves. And maybe if you're one of those disciples, you're thinking, well, he left before. He'll be back in a little bit. You know, he's been with us for 40 days, and we haven't seen him all the time. But now that he's back, the plan is going to continue. And Jesus changes their reality and says, yeah, the plan is to advance the kingdom of God, but not how you are thinking. They're thinking, let's establish this kingdom. And he says, just go and be my witnesses. And now this new community, this new church, has to figure out how to live in this new reality in the middle of all this uncertainty with persecution and social pressures and political pressures. And the answer to their question about how to advance the kingdom of God is, be a faithful witness. I think that's a tough challenge for us. I mean, when we try to apply that to our own lives, that can be pretty intimidating knowing that we're part of that uh, lineup. And I think what the book of Acts does differently than uh, the gospel. So the gospels, we have these four uh, gospel accounts, these four uh, witnesses, and they take place over two or three years. Now we're going to go into uh, seeing how the acts are, and it takes the place of over like 40 years close to 40 years of time. And so uh, we don't get as many facts as maybe as we'd like. We'd like to know some particular details of certain things, but that that's not what the purpose of Acts is. It's really to say that at no point will the gospel be restrained. I mean, think about it. Peter's going to be put in prison. The gospels are still free. Stephen and James are killed, but the gospel is still free. Paul spends several years under house arrest, yet the gospel is still going out everywhere. And what we need to find out is say to ourselves is these guys aren't unique. These men and women that live through the books aren't, of Acts aren't unique. We're going to have those same experiences. So it doesn't matter if we're put in prison. It doesn't matter if we're killed. It doesn't matter if we're under house arrest. It doesn't matter if COVID restrictions are changing the way that we have to interact with people. The gospel is still going to be free and still needs to go out into the whole world. Luke wrote to Theophilus saying, I want you to know these things so that you can see the things which have been fulfilled among us. We need to live our lives in such a way that people can see the things which have been filled among us. And as we walk through this book, we're going to find over and over and over that even in uncertain times, even when it seems like, ah, maybe it's time to give up. Maybe it's time to change course. Maybe Maybe we misunderstood. Maybe we have a bad plan. Despite all of those things, God is still sovereign, and his plan still moves forward. 
I think sometimes when we read historical accounts, as we're going to with the Book of Acts, it can be like reading the story of uh, Valley Forge and George Washington. Lesson learned? Okay, maybe get some more food, make sure you take care of your feet, do fires, and then you'll be able to, in the spring, do things. And, and I ring up a historical example because a lot of times we try to um, put this template on, like, what are the historical lessons that I should be learning from Valley Forge? What are the historical examples, uh, lessons that I should be learning from the book of Acts? Here's the thing. Uh, this book was written to Theophilus, which name literally means friend of God. Maybe this book was written just for you as a friend of God. Maybe you're discouraged with how you think God is working, how you think God is doing things, or maybe you think, well, when, it, when is the kingdom going to be realized? When, when is it going to break through? When are these restrictions that are holding me back going to be lifted? Well, the book of Acts is perfect for you because he's saying, as a friend of God, let me tell you, here's how things were fulfilled in the first century. And so I think it's going to be really exciting to go into the book of Acts um, with this kind of encouragement from someone that saw things happening, saw things unfolding, and, and during a very violent time. Like, not this wasn't Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. This was, this was violent times. These were terrible times to be a believer. Uh, and we're going to go into a time where it doesn't get better for a while. It's going to be Lions versus Christians, and that's a football game the Christians don't win for a long time. So when he writes to my friend, to, to a friend of God, why don't, during this season, you just say, to me, this is what has been passed on so that I can know what, that God is still working and advancing his kingdom. 